welcome to New Life Church Sermons. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect more with us, go to newlifesl.church. Numbers chapter 26, verse 59. Numbers chapter 26, verse 59. I don't know if I've said it yet. A lot of other people have said it, but let me go on record and say happy Mother's Day to all of the wonderful mothers and ladies of New Life Church. We are so thankful for you and pray that God blesses you abundantly this year. And um, where would we be without a mother? Well, I'll tell you, we wouldn't be here. So Sister Bridget said it so eloquently, the woman that gave birth to me, thank you. <laughs> that was, that was uh, the truest words I've ever heard. Thank you. I wouldn't be here without you. And uh, we're so thankful for uh, that. In uh, Numbers chapter 26, verse 59 I want to read uh, one verse of scripture and it says in the name of uh, Amram's wife was Jochebed the daughter of Levi whom her mother bare to Levi in Egypt and she bare unto Amram Aaron and Moses and Miriam their sister Jochebed bare Aaron Moses and Miriam, their sister. And I want to uh, just talk about something today that I hope encourages us and increases our faith today. And I want to talk about the mother of Moses, the mother of Moses. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to speak to us today through his word, would you? Father, we love you. We exalt you. We thank you for your presence that is here today. We ask now that as the word goes forth that it would illuminate the mind and heart of the hearer. And I pray, God, increase our faith today. Strengthen our spirit, O Lord. Pray that your love and the power of your word would minister in this house today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. We have heard incredible stories growing up in Sunday school and um, incredible sermons preached and all sorts of things that um, we, we listen to and the stories being told and like man I've never experienced anything like that and uh, a lot of those stories involve a man named Moses, and he uh, encountered a bush that was burning with fire but wasn't consumed, and out of that bush, Moses speaks to God, Yahweh, the Creator God, the Most High God, and Moses uh, was used by God to bring about these 10 plagues that uh, absolutely crippled the most powerful kingdom on earth at the time, Egypt, and brought to his knees was Pharaoh as he 
thinking he was God manifest in the flesh, was brought face to face with the reality that he himself did not have the same power that this God of Moses, the God of the Hebrews, possessed. And and so uh, these stories we have heard about, Moses stretching out his rod over this uh, this large body of water called the Red Sea, and it split in two, and probably at least a million people crossed through that Red Sea while a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud held back uh, the enemies of God's people. And Moses uh, was known as the greatest prophet in, uh, of his time and in this Old Testament period. And Moses was given a description that I am envious of. He knew God. He talked to God face to face. And uh, Moses, there, there never had been a man like Moses. The name Moses is synonymous with the law for it was through Moses that the Torah was given the law. These first five books of the Bible have been accredited to Moses and um, we wouldn't know uh, half of what we know if it wasn't for, for Moses. And Moses is one of a select few that is mentioned in Hebrews 11. And uh, he is given a, a pretty good amount of space in the 40 verses of the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And, and we find that uh, this man, Moses, was a man of great faith. He was used by God in many great ways. And um, there is this uh, description of Moses that is just absolutely incredible. And in verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused. Everyone say refused. Moses made this decision for himself. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Moses, the Bible says, made this choice, rejecting the pleasures of sin and choosing the reproach of Christ to be greater riches than the riches of Egypt, the treasures of Egypt. Moses made this choice because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And verse 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. This is the description of Moses. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. This invisible God, the God of the Hebrews. Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. 
And, and, and so this description of Moses in this faith chapter where these infamous people are recorded that the writer uh, attributes uh, this, this description of all of them as saying the world wasn't worthy of them. And, 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 and so Moses has this description, but there's a verse that precedes everything we've covered today that really set the groundwork for who Moses would be, that really made it possible for Moses to become the man that knew God face to face, for Moses to become the man that would be chosen to be the deliverer of God's people out of bondage. And it's in verse 23 that we find by faith Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. That right there is one of the most powerful statements in all of Scripture. Moses' parents were not afraid of the king's commandments. You see, the king's commandment was to destroy all Hebrew boys to and under. Take them out before they ever get started. And I want to remind us today that that has always been the enemy's agenda. It is for our children to take them out before they ever can figure out who they are, to stop them before they ever get started, to confuse them before they ever get godly convictions. The enemy's goal is to get our children while they're young. Why? Because he knows the potential of a godly home, raising godly children in an ungodly age. You know why Pharaoh's commandment to kill Hebrew boys two and under, you know why it was given? Because he was afraid of God's people. And that hasn't changed in the 21st century. Yeah, I'm going to touch on the, the hour in which we live for a moment to understand it is not an accident why there is this onslaught of hell to, uh, to corrupt the minds of children about gender identity at a young age where kindergarten classes welcome drag queens into their classroom to read books. Why? Because Pharaoh wants to get our kids before they ever figure out who they are. But I believe in this hour there are godly men and women, godly parents who are not afraid of the king's commandments. Is there a witness in the house that would say, I don't care what the king of this world says. I serve the king of kings. It is his law that I abide by. It is his word that we live by. Somebody say amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house already today to encourage and to remind. It doesn't matter what order is given from the Supreme Court, from a president, a governor, a mayor. It 
doesn't matter. We serve a God who is sitting on a throne of the universe. And there may be a command that goes forth that would seek to instill fear in our hearts, that would seek to intimidate us and back us in a corner. And I'm not trying to be very combative with this message today, but I do want to make a point that it's been going on ever since there's been the fall in Genesis 3. There has been a leader who has come after the people of God. And if he can't get the man, he'll go for the wife. And if he can't get the wife, he'll go for the kids. Why? Because if he can stop the next generation, then he can end it with this generation. But I'm here today to remind this church, this church is going to move on into the next generation. And there will be godly, God-fearing boys and girls, young men and young women who rise up in this hour and do something great for God. And you know why it's possible? Because there was a God-fearing dad and a God-fearing mother who were not afraid of the king's commandments. Let's praise him for a moment. Somebody say amen. Everything that Moses is, is a, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Let's worship one more time. You don't have to fear what's going on in the world because we serve a God who has filled us with his spirit that is filled with love and power and he will give us a sound mind. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not timid and I'm not intimidated either. That's all part of fear. And, 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 and so we find this incredible story of Moses in Hebrews 11, all of these things he experienced. But it was all possible because it said that his parents hit him for the first three months of his life him because they weren't afraid of the king's commandments. I, I, I got to speculate for a moment. The Bible doesn't give much clarity on this. But there were a lot of Hebrew boys that died during this terrible time. And I don't think that any of the parents of these boys wanted their kids to perish no no but I have to speculate and ask the question how many of them really tried to do something about it I, I don't know the answer I'd imagine that they did their very best but I'd imagine some of them were also caught off guard we find in Exodus chapter 2 we do know this we can't, we can't give concrete conclusions 
to the speculations, but we do have a, an example in the word of God that we can and should live by. Exodus 2, it's all possible because of this. And when a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi and the woman conceived and bare a son and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him I can't imagine doing this couldn't imagine what she felt I can't imagine what Moses' parents felt in this moment the day and age in which they were living was very bad. The day and age in which they were living uh, was very hard. And yet there was something in them that said, we're not, we're not just going to roll over and die. And we're not just going to hand our children off to whatever the king's commandment is. Because this isn't right. And we're going to fight for our kids. And so they hid Moses for three months. And when, they, when that no longer could work, they didn't say, well, we tried and this is the end. They kept fighting. They kept working. They kept doing whatever they could to make it possible to give Moses a chance to live. And so even though I'm sure they felt very helpless in that moment, they did the very best they could to preserve Moses' life. And what we see so powerful in this story is that this mother of Moses that put a little ark basket together of bulrushes and waterproofed it and made a place, made a place, made a space to give her son a chance to live. She probably felt like this isn't much. This really isn't going to make that much of a difference. This basket is no match for the sword of an Egyptian soldier, but she did her very best in that moment and she put her son in that basket and hid him amongst these flags on the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to keep an eye on him and it wasn't a soldier that found the baby and it wasn't just some random Egyptian that found the baby it was the daughter of Pharaoh that found Moses and she had compassion on him when she saw the baby in that basket and wept you can't tell me the Lord didn't move on her heart you can't tell me that, the, that God was not in this because when 
a mother, a father, parents, stand up and do everything they can to give their children a shot at life. And I'm not just talking about natural life. I'm talking spiritual life. They'll fight whatever they got to fight to make sure their kids are protected from the onslaught of hell. They'll do whatever they have to do to hide their kids from the evil of this day. And when you can no longer hide them from the evil of their day, they'll build a space and a place of protection that will give them the best shot they've got to live in an evil day. We can't stop working to provide a place and a space to protect our children from the evil in this day. The king's command is he wants our children killed. He wants the spiritual life and identity of our children confused and destroyed and corrupted. But we have a responsibility to build an ark in this hour that will protect our kids. And I know God is in that work. It's just an ark. It's just a, it's just a, a, a defenseless little basket. But when God is in it, that basket becomes the, the vehicle that will propel this child into the highest place in the land to put him in a position for a great destiny in God. Mother, what you're doing, what you have done for your kids, that seems like a, just a little something. But when you did it with love and when you did it with the efforts of raising your children in a godly way, you better believe God is going to honor that. You better trust that, well, this is all I had to offer. But when you give God what's in your hand, he will use it in a way you could never imagine. So Jochebed did this, and, and we see here that Pharaoh's daughter has compassion on this baby Moses, and she knows this is a Hebrew child, and I'm sure she probably had a responsibility to turn him in, but she didn't. And uh, Moses' sister comes to her, and this is a Hebrew baby. Do you want me to take this baby back to uh, a Hebrew maid, a Hebrew nurse, so that this baby can be nursed and weaned, and then when he's ready, we will give him back to you. And, and Pharaoh's daughter agreed to this, and this is what's incredible. Verse 8, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go, and the maid went and called the child's mother. Now, if I'm not mistaken, what I've studied, this process of time of this weaning period of a child from birth, it could go all the way up potentially to five, which means that in the early years of Moses' life, he is protected because of Pharaoh's daughter. But Moses' mother is able to instill some things in Moses that Hebrews 11 said, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
Moses' life wasn't perfect. He killed a man. Moses struggled with fear, and Moses struggled with identity issues at times. But there was never a man like Moses because he knew God face to face. Moses wasn't perfect, and Moses wasn't flawless. But when Moses got old enough to make decisions for himself, he said, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, all because the mother of Moses never stopped fighting for her child. The king seeks to kill my kids, but I will build something to preserve them. You see the story of Jochebed in her efforts to save her son ultimately resulted in the saving of God's people. One mother refusing to give up on her child resulted in a nation being preserved and the covenant God made with Abraham was able to continue. Nobody saw her effort when she was weaving that basket. Nobody saw her efforts when she was hiding her child. But over the next 120 years, everybody felt them. Everybody felt her efforts of 120 years before when she's frantically but fearlessly weaving that basket together I gotta give my son a shot. I gotta give my son a shot. My son is gonna be somebody. I've gotta give him a shot. And she's weaving it together and she's protecting her her baby. And and 120 years later, at the end of Moses' life, <laughs> a nation had felt the impact of a mother's efforts. And even in Moses' death, it was Michael the archangel and Lucifer himself, the devil, fighting over the body of Moses. From Moses' birth to Moses' death, the devil had been fighting for Moses. (laughs) But because of what she put in him in the early stages of his life, it preserved a man that is considered one of the greatest men of all time, all because the mother of Moses would not give in to the king's commandment. Nobody saw her efforts, but everybody felt them. And I want to say to every mother of this church, not many people may see your efforts day in and day out, but if you're fighting and working to preserve life for your children, to give them the best shot, yes, at a natural life, but I believe most importantly at a spiritual life, to protect your kids from the onslaught and delusions of the enemy and the king's commandment. Not everybody sees those efforts day in and day out, but I promise you, everybody will at some point feel those efforts. And you don't know how many people's lives could be impacted simply because you built a little space to protect your kids from the king's commandment.
So I want to be the voice today, the Spirit of God to say, keep building a space and keep working, keep praying, and keep doing whatever you have to do to protect your children from the King's commandment. Because I promise you, God will honor every effort and he will preserve life. I promise you that. Mother of Moses, not much is written about her except for her story is told through the life of her son. Because if it wasn't for Jochebed and her efforts to save her son, there would be no Red Sea parting. There would be no Ten Commandments and Moses seeing the glory of God on the top of Mount Sinai. There would be no entrance into the promised land. But one mom said, you're not going to have my kids. And God was in it and preserved it. She did what she could, and God took care of the rest. Father, mother, keep building a space. Keep making a place, because I promise you, if you keep fighting, no matter if it seems difficult, it doesn't matter how old they are, keep praying, keep fighting for them, keep making a place. God sees it, God will honor it, and God will work it out. Why don't we lift our hands all over this house and let's just make a fresh commitment to the Lord. This church needs mothers to rise up and make a place for the next generation to be safe and preserved so that they can grow into who God wants them to be. And today you may be a mother with grown children, but there are still little children in this church and, and we are relying on you. We need you to be a Jacobet in this hour, to protect and to make a space. Would you lift your voice to the Lord? Would you lift your hands to the Lord right now? And every person in this room, could you just make a commitment to the Lord today? I'm not going to fear the king's commandment, and I am going to work and fight to build a space for the next generation to be preserved and to grow up in a godly environment. Father, we need you in this hour. There is great destiny. There is great purpose you have for this church and on this next generation. But I pray today that you would strengthen the spirit of a Jacobet in this room, that they would understand their efforts to build a space for the saving of children would not be in vain. God, I pray for every mother in this room to encourage them and build their faith and I pray, oh God, for every child, Lord Jesus, no matter whether or not they're grown or they're still young, I pray, oh God, that the things that God-fearing mothers put in them when they were young, I pray, God, that you would begin to bring it out of them. Every child that perhaps has walked away from God, those things that were put in them at a young age, I call them forth now in the name of Jesus. And we say to the north, the south, the east, and the west, give up. And I pray, oh God, that you would awaken some things in their spirit that was put in them at a young age. 
If you would like to come down to this altar and just take a moment of prayer before the Lord before we dismiss tonight, would you do so? Would you come and give yourself to the Lord? Would you come and pray over your children today? Would you come and make a commitment that you're going to be a godly example in this church for the children of this church in this hour? partner with a lady and just begin to pray and bear one another's burdens and pray for strength. Maybe a man could partner with a man and begin to pray. We are going to be an example. We are going to provide a place in this church for our children to be safe and to grow up into who God wants them to be because we don't know what impact they're going to have on the world. Your worship matters. Your prayer matters. Your faithfulness matters. It is impacting a little boy, a little girl that could grow up and reach many, many people. And I feel the Holy Ghost in this house to encourage you and strengthen you at every bulrush you weaved together to make a basket to preserve a child. God is in it. God is honoring it. a godly generation would you lift your hands and your voice to the Lord and just begin to prepare a place through your prayer we are going to raise godly kids we're going to pray and believe that the ones who have walked away are going to come back to the Lord we're going to see a great revival of prodigals because we put things in them at an early age that God is going to bring out of them I pray right now Lord Jesus over every man and woman in this house that you would strengthen their spirit, that you would embolden their faith, that all fear and intimidation of the enemy would leave now in Jesus' name and give us a determination that no matter what's going on in the world around us, we are going to raise up a God-fearing, holy, set on fire of the Holy Ghost generation that is gonna make an impact in this world. We're not afraid, we're not intimidated, we're not too weary. We're gonna keep fighting, we're gonna keep fasting, we're gonna keep praying, we're gonna keep believing. And this church 
It is an ark for every child to be safe and preserved from the king's commandment. In Jesus' name, I pray quicken the spirit of every father. Quicken the spirit of every mother. We're going to do this. We're going to see great revival. We're going to see great things in our children. In Jesus' name. Pray with your kids at home. Read the word with your kids at home. Tell them Jesus has plans for your life. Jesus wants us to live holy. Teach your kids what it means to live holy. I promise you, it's not in vain. It's not wasted. The Lord is in it. The Lord's working it out. Let's worship him for a moment. Let's give the Lord great praise in this house for a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 